When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Experience effortless shaving like never before with Gillette Fusion Pro Glide 5 from Chemist Warehouse, only 1724. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. scored the first try in this game and they've scored the last but what happened in between was 43 unanswered points from the Springboks Max Verstappen comes out of a final corner Max wins the British Grand Prix it's the first time he's won it as the British Grand Prix the second time he's won here at Silverstone Lando Norris finishes in a brilliant second Lewis Hamilton in third two British drivers will be celebrating on the podium Piastri finishes in fourth his best finish in Formula 1 fifth place for Russell Yes, good morning. Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. A little sneak peek to what we got coming up on the show. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. It is five past six. Hope you enjoyed that rural roundup with Andy Thompson and Joey B running the cutter. They've been busy. They've been travelling around the country doing a stellar job representing farmers and SCNZ. Great to see the banner flying. All over the country. Stay tuned. We've got a big show for you today. We've got Matty Burke. I reminisced yesterday with the champion, the legend. It is Matty Burke. I watched him just absolutely destroy us for years. It's been a long time between Australians drinking out of the Bledisloe Cup. I spoke to him about that. I wonder if he still has memories. It was that long ago. Stay tuned. After 8, we'll be talking about that. Ken Laban talking... State of O, and we're also going to be talking Formula One. 
Mad Max continues, but some would say it's a little bit closer than it looks. He is dominating before the changes and regulations. Eh, qualifying and, and Lewis Hamilton is happy where the sport is at. But good morning to you, Mr. Tony Kemp. Hey, morena, morena, atamari, brother. Yeah, it's... Uh Man, it's that time of year where Origin, you don't know whether or not Queensland are going to get a clean sweep. And I'm looking forward to talking to Kenny Laban this morning because it was way back in the early 80s when me and him used to sit down in his little house as uh, he was, his job actually was to live in front of the Prime Minister out at Lower Hutt and look after the Prime Minister. Um, out of, out in front of the house, he was the he was because he was a cop. He was actually the police man that st- mm. that lived right in front of his house. And uh, me and him were centres for the club Randwick. There, I was a, I was a seventeen year old. He was obviously an old man, um, <laughs> but I used to go around there every Origin and uh, watch the replay uh, once the video came out. You know, because back in those days, as he, we didn't have Sky TV. We had to wait till uh, it made the video store and it was first in, first serve. And Kenny uh, obviously had some contacts down there being the the, uh, the man that he was. And we'd get that and go around and watch it. So a lot of water has gone under the bridge there. But Origin, mm. can Queensland get the clean sweep? They're $1.65 favourites to do so at the TAB. So uh, I was really surprised at that, given the fact that it's in New South Wales. But... Mate, should be good chat because uh, there's also chat of it coming to New Zealand. Everyone and their dog saying uh, it should be here. Um, but yeah, keep a keep a ear out for off the back fence because I've got a bit of a different view about that. Oh, Kempi's coming off the back fence in regards to state of origin and uh, the one and only fire all not Ken Laban is going to give us a little inside look. He's well, you sent through some photos, Kempi. He's been rocking it with the rock stars over in Australia. One with Wayne Bennett, who has been. Wow, just really cementing the opportunity that's potentially going to be available for State of Origin in New Zealand. But there is plenty of sport coming up. We've got Wimbledon, we've got Formula One. What do you got, Sammy Hewitt? Yeah, boys, lots, lots happening uh, yesterday and uh, and overnight as well over in Wimbledon. Uh, I'll just quickly run you through the Formula One yesterday, like you mentioned, Max Verstappen. Uh, uh, picking up another race win this year, that's his eighth of the season. Red Bull have won all uh, 11 races this year so far. That's 11 victories in a row, uh, equals McLaren's record back in 1988. Phenomenal that it's lasted this long. And they are just flying. And you mentioned the regulations that came in last year to try and make the cards a little bit more even. Uh, salary cap introduced as well. Um, yeah, looking to try and uh, bring the racing a little bit closer together. But here we are with Red Bull by far <laughs> and away out in front. Max Verstappen doing an absolute number. The good news, I guess, for British fans over at Silverstone is that they had both Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton finish in second and third. That's great for the British crowd. 160,000 turned up to the race day, uh, something like 410,000 across the weekend, 160,000 for race day. Uh, and then Oscar Piastri, the Australian driver, it's probably the closest we'll come, uh, boys <laughs> here, to having an Australasian in Formula One until... Um, until our very own uh, Liam Lawson gets a shot. But he finished in fourth, very close to his first podium, and really probably one of the only rookies doing well in, uh, in 2023. So uh, lots to get into with Luke Smith coming up a bit later on in the show. Lando Norris, seventh podium of his career, and good to do it at home. Um, came close. Got past Max Verstappen on the first corner, and then uh, Max, Mad Max, doing what he does best, just gets his nose in front, and then send it to, sends it home. But great win. Great opportunity for the British racing. And just on our New Zealand racing, our own backyard. Yes, Oscar Piastri. He's over in Australia. You've got Daniel Ricciardo, who's getting a little sneak peek at a return redemption for Ricciardo. But our very own Liam Lawson must be close, Kempe. And there's a young kid 
Louis Sharp. I played golf with his dad down here in Christchurch. He is going great guns. Obviously, Liam Lawson's over in Japan with the Japan GP. But this guy, Louis Sharp, he's in the F2, and he is great guns. Yeah, he is a name for the future. I remember you talking about him and uh, you know saying that you'd played golf with his father down there. The, mate, the, mm. it'd be great to get... Uh, you know, a Kiwi in there sitting on the standing on the podium with Verstappen. You know, have you ever thought? Have you ever thought with Red Bull? Because I often have this thought with Red Bull, and you see the little Red Bull cars driving around with a Red Bull can on the back of it. Mm. Is that how they make their money? Yeah, it's amazing that a one drink makes them plenty. They are everywhere in terms of sport. It's not just your your, your traditional sport. They do a lot of uh, mountain biking. Um, you know, aerobatics, aeroplanes, skiing, they're a lot they're all sport, aren't they? And they make their money from that drink, Kimpy. And the the hare has just passed away and he's passed it over to his young son who, from what I'm reading, is a bit of a partier. <laughs> loves it. So he'll be enjoying the the, Red Bull the and cherishes and, and the, the, big, the big, <laughs> the <laughs> the big bank account that <laughs> that comes with look, let's be honest, I don't I don't drink Red Bull. It's, I've gone to the days of a Red Bull vodka in town and just going home, my heart's absolutely beating out of my chest. I won't be doing that anytime <laughs> soon. But Red Bull, they are absolutely dominated. It'll only be a matter of time, Kempi, before they wrap this up. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's miles ahead. I think he's over 100 points ahead in terms of the um, driver's standings. And the next best is uh, his teammate, Sergio Perez. And then you got Ashton, Aston Martins, Fernando Alonso in third. I think in the next four races, there's still a hell of a lot of racing left. Four or five races, this will be wrapped up, and Max will get another championship. Um, yes, a, it is getting closer with regulations, but I think it'll be wrapped up, wouldn't it, Sammy? Yeah, well, here's a stat for you. Um, is if, uh, if Fernando Alonso, over the next seven races, uh, won every single race, and Max Verstappen finished fifth in those exact seven races, that would allow Fernando Alonso to overtake him in points. So you've got to win <laughs> seven in a row. And I don't even know if Fernando's won a race. Well, no, he hasn't won a race this year because it's all been no, Red Bull. Um, and there's only 12 <laughs> races left. So I'd, I'd say you're probably, I mean, if you're not already saying it, you're probably two or three races away from just uh, handing them the trophy almost mid-season. Yeah, fully wrapping that up. I think uh, Mad Max will get it done. And uh, Team Haas struggling at the tail. And... Uh, I know it's um it's a situation untold, but mate, great to see it back, and it's getting closer and closer, and and the drivers are competing, and British racing is back on the top. But state of origin coming to New Zealand, Sammy, can it happen? Well, boys, uh, this is off the back of Wayne Bennett's comments uh, to um, a publication uh, just on Sunday afternoon where he uh, called on uh, the NRL to have a look at taking State of Origin uh, over here to New Zealand, citing the big rugby league crowd, the uh, momentum that the Warriors have built. Uh, He told um, the Australian uh, that Eden Park would sell out, uh, and he was quoted as saying, there isn't a Kiwi who doesn't know about State of Origin. They're rugby league (laughs) crazy. Even the All Blacks, uh, I'm told, love to park up and watch origin that was from Wayne Bennett and then even yesterday uh, ARL Commission Chairman Peter Volandes confirmed to the Australian newspaper that New Zealand was absolutely a consideration for state of O between Queensland and New South Wales they are locked until 2026 but after that they will certainly look at the possibility of coming over to NZ absolute uh, absolute starter I'm going to say 
You know, when you when you listen to Valandis talk about it, when he's saying there's an opportunity, mm. he's saying there's an opportunity for you to offer me millions and millions and millions of dollars to bring it over there at at Takaha <laughs> Stadium in Christchurch when they open in 2026. Um, but you know, for me, like they're singing from the rooftops, and I don't want to give it away too early. I think a lot of, I think there needs to be a lot of leadership put around this uh, this opportunity that's coming to New Zealand because while they're singing the praises of everybody in New Zealand watching uh, rugby league, our poor old game down the down the bottom of the rung here at grassroots level is struggling to 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 put to rub two pennies together. And what we want to what we want to talk about is bringing the best game of all to this country and, and profile rugby league. So, um, well, who who gets the uh, money, Kempi, if it does come over here? Does NZRL or, or whoever puts it on over here get any benefit from it? Or Kempi it all... don't want NZRL to get it. Million, million dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the million there's dollar be question. A benefit, there's got to be a benefit for us, right? I mean, I know it's going to be great having it here in terms of the fans, but you'd think we'd get some sort of you know, financial benefit or promotional aspect. To it. There's got to be something that New Zealand gets out of this. Well, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Leadership is you know, like if you if you're mm. bringing the biggest game in the world down this end down this end of the world uh, to New Zealand, and like Sammy says, we get nothing but you know to to watch it at Eden Park or at Takaha Stadium down in Christchurch because it's going to be around that time when that stadium opens. Maybe the the, the Christchurch City Council throws a, a multi million dollar deal together to, to play it there. Um, you have to wonder what what does that actually mean for the game of rugby league and and the opportunity that it has. Sammy, just to, to put it in context, it's uh, you know the last time I did anything on the origin and and did some some analysis on it was worth fourteen million dollars each to each state. Wow. Just those three games. Yeah, and they of all, course that money it. goes into development. Mm. You know that's that's how Queensland rugby league survive. They survive on origin. You know so. Um, yeah, I look. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm for it, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Bring it down here, but I'm not for it with the pork chops that are running the game and not thinking about what it could actually do for the game in New Zealand. And and you know, I, I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be great to have Wayne Bennett and all of those people, mm. Valandi, saying, "Let's go and save the game in New Zealand." On top of it, mm. like let's actually yeah, here's no, an opportunity. Well, from their comments, Kempi, I, I think they're they're blind to it. They're talking about the success in New Zealand and how league is absolutely thriving. They love throwing a jibe at, at the All Blacks and, and, you know, the kind of mirroring of, of the beast that it is. But if there's going to be an opportunity, it's got to be played at Eden Park. 50-odd thousand, there wouldn't be an a seat, empty seat in the stadium. Tikaha only holds around twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 seats. So it'd be, uh, like, we'd love to see it down here. 100%, but I just think if you're going to have an opportunity to sell it out up at Eden Park, I don't think there'd be an empty seat and uh, it'd be great for the game. But you did right. It needs to be a lot of water under the bridge, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say <laughs> for Off the Back Fence later on this morning. Stay tuned around 7.25. We'll rip into that. But yesterday I spoke to Matty Burke about the Australian woes. Sammy, what do you got? Yeah, boys, um, we, did, we did touch on it briefly yesterday, but obviously Sunday morning uh, over in South Africa, um, New Zealand time, the, the Aussies embarrassed really to a South African quote-unquote B team. Eddie Jones not happy that was labelled that, although Eddie Jones during the week did say, um, I, I don't want to I don't want to beat a second-tier Springboks team. He said that. Mm. So uh, justifiably mm. got hit up by the journalists uh, in the post-match. But yeah, going down 43 points to 12. Scored in the first min- uh, first uh, seven minutes through uh, Marika Korobeti, but then 43 unanswered from uh, the uh, the Springboks. And I don't know if you saw, uh, but uh, debutante um, 
Carter Gordon was the man who scored in the 80th for the Wallabies. Did a big swan dive <laughs> over the try line. It's like, come on, son, you're losing by 40 <laughs> yeah, points. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, he, look, he was heavily criticised for not taking control of the game. They still lack that playmaker at 10, uh, Izzy. I think that's been a big problem for the Wallabies over the last couple of years, part of their woes. Um, Vunivalu making his um, debut as well and, and you know doing a terrible job, really, not being able to cope with the, uh, with the wide attack of the Springboks. Two penalty tries as well uh, mm. for the Springboks and, and two yellow cards for uh, the Wallabies. That didn't help. Um, so look, yeah, Australian rugby, very interested to hear Matty Burke and, and where he thinks they're at in a World Cup year that you know, could be disastrous for them, is he? That they've only ever um, bailed out of the quarterfinals, but jeep, as you look at that pool, maybe Fiji or someone can cause an upset and the <laughs> Wallabies could be facing, you know, pool elimination. Oh, I think they beat Wales. I think Fiji could surprise uh, a lot in, the, in that side of the draw. Look, they've got an easy side. Pool C and D is easy. I'm expecting the Wallabies to, to make quarters and potentially go on and, and make uh, the semi-finals. Uh, I was a little bit more confident before that game, and when I spoke to Matt Burke, he touched on physicality. And Australia and New Zealand have been in their own bubble. We haven't faced the physicality that uh, South Africa and, and the Northern Hemisphere teams pose, and that was a shine light. He spoke about size as well, Kempi, and the size that they're lacking. But I look at the squad that they put out. They've got Will Skelton, who's yeah, he's a about three or four blokes. He's a giant. They've got Rob Valentini at the back. They've got Slipper, and they've got Ala Ala Toa up front. And then you look at the back line. They've got Vonivalu and Korobetu, who uh, are concrete uh, slabs themselves. And then you've got um, Ikitao and Reese Hodge, probably lacking in the size department in the midfield. But just the physicality side of it, I, I think for Australia, you know, where do they go now? They've gone and they've gone offshore. And he touched on the situation now with a lot of their players playing overseas, and particularly in Japan. And what does that set them up for? You know, you look at Brody Retallick, you look at Damien McKenzie, um, you know, Damien uh, Bowden Barrett, when they come back from Japan... Is that the right pathway to play international rugby? Because it's different over there. Small bodies, they grass cut, you're playing a real high-paced game. Maybe it sets them up to fail. Well, I think there's a difference between um, like size and physicality. Like You can be a big man. Like you can be a big man and you can jump into to a ring with a smaller man and the smaller man is an absolute beast and, and, and dominates you. You know what I mean? I think that may be his his term there in the context that he's putting this in. Is and you're dead right. Like playing in Japan, it's like you know when when you know Mark Gaznia went over and played rugby union and came back, and he was so out of shape. Um, I just I just think he means that for you know the physical side of things where you get big guys, but when they come up against a South African side, they absolutely dominate physically. You know, they they don't care how the, the size you are. They put their heads into those dark spaces that you talk talk about without even worrying about it. And mate, there's a difference. There's a difference when you've when you're mm. a guy there, and you've got your head and it goes. Am I going to go down there? I saw it on the weekend when um, a guy went for the ball. You know, like a ball went on the ground and he went for the ball. Two guys went for the ball. Mm. You know that one fifty mm. fifty. Mm. You know the, yeah. the most physical guy's going to get that football. Hit. Yeah, and I think that's what Matt Burt was probably talking about.